4: Friday, November 20th, 2020. Coming up a Roland Martin Unfiltered. Folks, Donald Trump loses Georgia again. Republican Secretary of State declares the Peach state for Joe Biden. The Trump people simply can't get over it. Trump also met with Michigan lawmakers at the White House today. He actually wants them to overturn the will of the people in Michigan. Pimp, uh, that's not gonna happen. Uh, and wait till I see you. He actually came out hiding. Only the second time he's talked since he lost on November 3rd. Y'all, he sounded so pitiful, and you know I have to play his whining because, yeah, there's nothing like playing the whining of a 74-year-old grown-ass man. Uh, speaking of uh, Georgia, dozens of veterans are asking Pastor Raphael Warnock to drop out of the race because of that ridiculous ad Republicans are pushing around. Even Senator Kelly Lawford got into a back-and-forth with Congressman Ilhan Omar about that. Wait until you tell we tell you about that. Also, Pfizer. Formerly asked US regulators to allow emergency use of its COVID-19 vaccine. The CDC warns against Thanksgiving travel and gathering of families. Plus, the People's Campaign is, uh, the People's Poor People's Campaign is organizing more Monday caravans at state houses across the country to mourn the quarter million Americans who have died from COVID-19, we will talk with one of the organizers. Also, we'll talk about why Black Republicans support Donald Trump. Well, we know why because they're clueless. And in our education matters segment, Jeffrey Canada will join us to talk about the impact COVID-19 is having on the education of our children. Plus, updates on the deaths of Quan uh, Bobby Charles of Louisiana and Dion K of Washington D.C. Plus, we'll show you the crazy-ass white woman who refuses to wear her mask. Yeah, it didn't turn out so well for her. It's time to bring the funk. I'm rolling Martin Unfiltered. Let's go. He's got it.
0: Whatever the miss, he's on it. Whatever it is.
5: Oh,
4: the whining, crying Donald Trump. The big loser summoned Michigan's Republican leaders to the White House today for a meeting. He is desperate to overthrow the results in the state where he lost to Joe Biden. Senate, uh, Michigan Senate Majority Leader uh, Mike Shirkey and House Speaker Lee Chadfield both agreed to go but were pretty close mouths about why they were there. Sharkey got questioned by some folks on his way to the airport uh then also he got met by some protesters when he got to dc y'all watch this
3: senator turkey why are you meeting with president trump
6: today i was just having a delightful trip to washington dc today
3: and you're meeting with president trump is that correct
6: that's a good possibility
3: what will you be talking about with president Trump? i won't be sharing anything else with you right now thank you are you talking to president trump about overthrowing the will of michigan voters
0: Bunch of Senator Sherkey. Protesters out there who are going to start. Senator. You guys. Senator Shirky. Thank you. Senator you Shirky, Did Joe it. Biden win this election? Media, I don't remember, so yeah. I'm appreciate appreciate it. Please. Did, to
3: did Joe? Did Joe Biden win this election? Should President Trump concede?
6: Time has surrendered, and Excuse earth it? is no more. I will cling. To the old what, are the cross. Shirky, what are you meeting with President
3: Trump about, Senator Shirkey. Senator what are you meeting with President
6: Trump about? Senator Shirkey, do you
3: believe that the will of the Michigan
6: voters no more,
3: should be honored? Will you honor the will of the I Michigan will
5: voters? To the
3: will you honor Lord the Israel will of the Michigan voters,
1: Senator
3: Shirkey. Senator Shirky, do you believe in democracy? Do you believe that 150,000 votes were fraudulent? Senator Shirky, do you believe that the will of the Michigan voters should be honored? Will you honor the will of the Michigan
1: voters? Why you're not in Michigan, then
4: with COVID? All right, so you heard those protesters there. This was another angle. Go to my iPad, please, of the protesters. Will you honor?
3: Where is the evidence of fraud? Shame on you!
1: Why are you in court?
0: Shame on you! Shame on you! Certify the
6: results! Certify the results! Where is the evidence of fraud? Certify
1: the results! Is there any evidence of fraud? Certify the results! Certify the results! You should be embarrassed with yourself! Respect Michigan voters! Respect Michigan
0: voters!
5: Where is the evidence
1: of fraud? Where
5: is the evidence of
4: fraud? Now, the song he was singing was one of of someone being persecuted. Yeah, dude, right. So, Donald Trump decided to come out of hiding from his bunker and to have a briefing to talk about coronavirus and, of course, the vaccine. But y'all know the grown-ass baby couldn't help himself. Listen to the whining and the lying
6: that took place today. American people have been abused by Big Pharma and their army of lawyers, lobbyists, and bought and paid for politicians. But I've been loyal to the special interests. I've been loyal to our patients and our people that need drugs, prescription drugs, and devoted myself to completely fighting for the American people, you see that? This is not an easy thing to do. Big Pharma ran millions of dollars of negative advertisements against me during the campaign, which I won by the way, but you know, we'll find that out. Uh, Almost 74 million votes. We had Big Pharma against us. We had the media against us. We had big tech against us. Uh, We had a lot of dishonesty against us. But Big Pharma alone ran millions and millions of dollars in ads. In fact, I looked at it. I said, Who is it? Uh, They uh, I've never seen anything quite like it because I told them I'm going to have to do this. You know, I was put here to do a job. And Pfizer and others were way ahead on vaccines. You wouldn't have a vaccine if it weren't for me for another four years, because FDA would have never been able to do what they did. What I forced them to do and Pfizer and others even decided to not assess the results of their vaccine. In other words, not come out with a vaccine until just after the election. That's because of what I did with Favored Nations and these other elements. Instead of their original plan to assess the data in October, so they were going to come out in October, but they decided to delay it because of what I'm doing, which is fine with me because, frankly, this is just a very big thing.
4: Oh, ain't that so sad? All right, here we do this here. I want you to requeue that up and I want you to put us in a split screen. And so I'm just gonna go ahead for y'all. And um, again, I'm going to translate Uh, Donald Trump uh, and what he had to say uh, in that news conference. Let me know when we are ready uh, to do that. uh, Cause that was just quite cute there. Listen to him whine and moan and complain. Uh, So, so let me know, I want to cue that back. So put us up, up at the same time. Let's go ahead and play that.
6: American people have been abused by big pharma and their army of lawyers, lobbyists, and bought and paid for politicians. Oh, but they're I've bought and paid for the
4: But I've been loyal to the special... No, no, leave it going, leave it going. Interest, I've, I've been loyal, loyal to the special patients. interest. Now, he likes special you know, interest, drugs, but now he's complaining drugs, about the special interest. And
6: really? Yeah, I fought
4: that. for y'all. It was me, it was do. just Big me. It wasn't easy, easy. Look at Big Pharma, that's why I lost. Campaign. They ran ads against me,
6: which I won
4: by the way. Oh, which but, I know, won by the way, which actually up. I lost. I um, got my ass whipped by Joe Biden. Votes. Oh, I got 74 million we votes. Oh, but he got almost us. 80 million we votes. The media
6: against.
4: Us. Look at that. The media was we against me. Oh, against the media who I used to suck uh, up to. Of oh, us. I, I don't know. Everybody was against big me.
5: Big Pharma was against me. They ran.
4: Me! No vaccine without me!
6: No vaccine without me! Turn it up! ...of their vaccine. In other words, not come out with a vaccine until just after the election. Look at That's them! Because of what they came out with a vaccine after the election! They cost the election! Damn you, Pfizer! ...instead of their original plan to assess the data in October... They screwed so they me! out ...me, me!
0: But I, I saved the world!
6: ...because of what I'm doing, which is fine with me, because, frankly, this is just a very big thing. Look at that, this is just a big thing. This, this, this is me.
4: Everybody screwed me. They screwed me. How dare they? I saved the world! What's wrong with y'all? What's wrong, I saved the world! And y'all throwing me out? Damn all of you! idiot quadricos driscoll adjunct professor george washington university dr niambé carter department of political science howard university michael m hotep host the african history network show boy that's a lot of bitching and whining there uh, that, that just i mean i mean that just they did it they, they come up the vaccine before the election i would have won but everybody was against me big pharma the media everybody was against me but i got 74 million votes i won uh, new math, which means that the, the person who got fewer votes wins.
7: Well, I mean, that is possible in our electoral system, but it just also happens that the person who had five million more votes than him and more electoral votes beat him. But this is par for the course for Donald Trump. When he doesn't like something, he just changed the facts to suit the narrative that he had. Of course, it's a plot to get to get against him. It's not the 200 thousand plus Americans he killed through his inaction on the coronavirus. It's not the fact that this president has ruined our reputation internationally. It's not the fact that there are still 600 plus children who cannot find their parents that he held in detention and separated from their parents. It has nothing to do with any of that. It's everybody else's fault but his own. And that's always Donald Trump's big Achilles heel. He hates to lose. Uh,
4: He hates to lose, Quadrico, but he he stays there And lies and lies. Because, you know, I mean, you know, I won the election. No, you didn't. Uh, Georgia's certified for Biden. Uh, Michigan, they're going to certify on Monday. Uh, Pennsylvania's going to certify. Arizona's going to certify. Nevada's going to certify. Dutch, you lost. Right. So, this is not only his, you know, part of the course,
2: is his MO? It's it's a continuation of the theme that we have seen today. Administration since his presidency, right? right? Uh, consistently blame the oppressed. Consistently blame black people. Black people are incompetent. Black people don't trust. And so this is just a continuation of what, okay, who, what, and who Donald Trump oh, is. Okay,
8: turn and it I, to the left some more.
2: I don't think it will go away, okay. and okay. It also appeals to his base. Right? They don't care about facts. They don't care about statistics. They only care about what he says. And it starts, of course, with this dictatorship-like behavior that will continue to go on once he's forced to leave the White House.
4: Not only that, Michael, if if you want to see one of the biggest suck-ups of all time... Right. It really has to be Geraldo Rivera.
0: (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm.
4: I mean, I'm just trying to understand uh, how much all of this is costing him. Um, because, uh, li- li- I mean, yeah, first of all, um, this is what this fool, and what's interesting is that he put a video up three days ago actually saying this and people ignored it. So then he decides to go on Fox News today uh, and actually says this. And you you want to talk about just, just. Stuck on stupid I mean dude seriously I mean was Vaseline used I mean my goodness I mean li- listen to this
6: I had an idea uh, you know uh, when with the world so divided and everybody you know telling him he's got to give up and time to leave and uh, time to transition and all the rest of it why not name the vaccine the Trump like, you know, make it like. Have you gotten your Trump yet? <laughs> no, it'd be a nice gesture to him. And years from now, it would become just a, a kind of a generic name. Have you uh, got your Trump yet? Oh yeah, I got my Trump. I'm fine. Uh, you know, I, I wish we could honor him in that way because he is definitely the prime architect of this Operation Warp Speed. And and but for him, uh, we'd still be waiting. Uh, you know, into the grim winter for uh, uh, for these amazing, uh, miraculous medical breakthroughs. So let's talk about what. We- like I had an idea, Michael, uh, you know, that we're, just, we're in, really the really so divided, First of no, all, how
4: knows. about we name the, uh, the virus after Trump? <laughs> right. Exactly. I mean, a quarter of a million dead, we gonna name that one after you. We gonna call, call it the Trump virus.
8: Well, not only that, a quarter of a million dead, uh, yesterday, uh, November 19th, you had at least 182,000 new cases of coronavirus. As of this morning, MSNBC reported... That for Thursday was 193,000. That set a record. We're almost at 200,000 new cases in a day. Hospitals in rural areas are being overran. Uh, so they should call it the they should call it the Trump virus, since Trump likes to call it the China virus. Call it the Trump virus, because you mishandled it. And just as Herbert Hoover mishandled the Great Depression, he lost the 1932 presidential election. Okay, because he handled, mishandled the Great Depression, you mishandled the coronavirus, which taint the economy, and it cost you the 2020 presidential election. But you know, Donald Trump talked about no vaccine. Now, I think he, uh, I think he's trying to quote Ice Cube, no Vaseline, and got it confused and said no vaccine. Number one, okay. Uh, number two, um, I want him to still provide the evidence. That he won the election. He keeps saying he won the election. There's none. But, 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 well, there is none. There is none. And and, and, and then, and then, the, 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 uh, it's not. It wasn't a clown show that Rudy Giuliani did yesterday. That was an insane posse. And, and well, no,
4: first of all, <laughs> yes. No, first of all, if you call it a clown show, is a gross <laughs> insult to clowns.
8: It's <laughs> a gross insult to clowns. That was an insane posse clown show. Okay, he looked like he was auditioning for a Soul Glow commercial, uh, with Jerry cola juice dripping down the side of his face. But the, the, the conspiracy theories that Rudy Giuliani is pushing, when they go to court and they file in court, they're not pushing those conspiracy theories in court. The attorneys for Trump are being asked point blank, are you saying... And and, and Rudy Giuliani was just in court for the first time in 28 days, federal court for the first time in 20 28 years, a couple of days ago, did horribly. And Rudy Giuliani was asked point blank by the judge, <laughs> uh, are you alleging this was a fraud case? And he he had to admit, no, it's not. So they're grandstanding
4: and lying mm-hmm. to people, and lying to their, to, to lying to these idiots that voted for them. You know. and, 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 and again, and how they're lying is a perfect mm-hmm. example. Idiot attorney Sydney Powell, who I, I don't Sidney understand. Powell. I don't understand how anybody can call her a, a, a legal scholar. I, I, <laughs> I mean, that's that's really an insult <laughs> to scholars.
0: Exactly. Uh,
4: this is her talking to the Harvard-educated, but clearly in need of a lobotomy. Lou Dobbs. If y'all want to hear crazy, trust me, this is probably, this ain't even puff, puff, pass, pass. This is, we've been snorting some serious stuff before we went on the air. Listen to this.
6: Joining us now by phone is Sydney Powell. She's a member, obviously, of the president's legal team. Also, General Michael Flynn's defense attorney a great American, uh, one of the country's leading appellate attorneys. Uh, Sydney, first of all, thanks. I know you are going every which direction right now, busy as you could possibly be. Let's start out right now with the the president's path to victory here as you and the legal team see it. Uh, if you could give us uh, just that, uh, that canvas very quickly.
1: Well, yes, Lou. The entire election, frankly, in all the swing states should be overturned and the legislatures should make sure that the electors are selected for Trump and it's going to have to follow the constitutional provisions that it go be decided according to the amendment. It's just. Let's let's let's, let's
6: turn very Let's turn it to Smartmatic and Dominion. Are they or are they not linked?
4: Um... (laughs) I'm sorry. Uh, Nehemi, did that idiot just say we should invalidate all of the swing state votes and we should declare all of those electors for Trump. Did, 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 yeah. is, is that what I heard? She
7: said the quiet part out loud, right? This is exactly what they're hoping to happen, and they're going after places with heavy Black, heavy Latino populations like Detroit and other parts of the country because they know that's the only way they can win, if they cheat. Oh, no, no,
4: think... no, 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 this goes first. She didn't say Michigan, Pennsylvania, Georgia. She said all... She, yeah. All of them. So, basically, she's saying any state Donald Trump lost, fraud was going on, but all the ones where he won, everything is know, good
7: crazy about that is they don't care about the congressional elections in those states where the Republicans right. picked up seats. Somehow those managed to be fraud-free, just the presidential election. And I don't know the fraud that works that way. Because if you're going to take just the presidency and not take the Senate, I don't know how this works. So this is, I mean, this is nonsense. And I think the fact that we have to give this any energy at all sort of gives it a credibility, because now this stuff gets repeated so much. I think people have a hard time telling the lies from the truth, because many people really don't know what's happening here. And when you have this person who sounded barely coherent, quite frankly,
4: right, talking right, about right, we're going to we're going to follow. We're going to follow the we're know, the, 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 going the, to follow the, the amendment and the amendment con- in the in the Constitution. I, 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 I mean, ni- 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 I don't really recall there being an amendment that could somehow uh, invalidate. Uh, I, I, I have no idea.
7: Well, I mean, but this is the but this is the craziness, but this is also why the Electoral College is a really sort of tricky kind of institution, right? Mm-hmm. Because lots of things can happen at the state level with electors. And I think that's why he was having that meeting today with those folks from Michigan, trying to convince them, right, to change the rules about how they pick electors after the election in order to get those, seat, uh, those electoral votes for himself. So, I mean, look, these people have no shame. They don't care how they get it. They just know that they want to live it, uh, live in that White House for four more years, and and lay waste to the rest of America, strip it down for parts, and sell it where they can. Um, this is, I think, one of the most insane moments that we have witnessed in recent history. Like, if you would have told me ten years ago that we would be wishing for the days of of George Bush again, I would have said you are crying, you're crazy, you're lying. God, but, I mean, he that's insane.
4: Here, here he is. Um, really what's dangerous about this and, and this is what I need people to understand. Uh, I, I, I see Yank Yuger and and all of the and, and the progressives. Joe, fight back. Mm-hmm. He, here's the problem, Quadricos. There is no law that requires the sitting president to actually work with the incoming administration. Right. I'm trying to figure out. They, like, fight back. Sue! Based on what ground? There literally is no law. We have customs. Hmm. But there is no law that says you have to meet with, turn over, provide. There is it. In fact... True and, and this is just a fact, folks, until December 14th. Mm-hmm. Until December 14th, the Trump folk can keep doing exactly what they're doing and until the electors meet and actually vote. Now remember, now remember, they vote. Congress still has to accept the electors. So I need everybody to understand, Donald Trump might do this until January 20th.
2: Roland, I think you really just laid out for us a potential constitutional crisis that I actually have been saying for quite some time that we we might very well face, right? A peaceful transition of power really is contingent upon one thing, a concession speech. We know that Trump will not concede. He will not concede this election whatsoever. So then what does it mean when a president, right, will not concede based off of traditional institutional norms that we've become accustomed to? We know, of course, that Trump has ripped the band-aid off of any sort of societal or presidential norms. And so this really jeopardizes the national security quite frankly, of the country. So he's they and he is putting, of course, the country at risk when he refuses to meet with the transition team of the incoming president. Of course, that's because he refuses to acknowledge this election and the election results. So right now, what they're doing, what they have continued to do, is throw delusions at people to be confused so that people don't know what the process is, what the truth is, what the facts are, and just continue with the rhetoric of this election is stolen. Again, it is a continued theme of Blacks are corrupt. As my sister said, the states and the districts are largely Black. Detroit, Atlanta, right? So we know that there is a distorted effort to make sure that these votes don't count across the board, even in swing states, as Powell said. And then the second point is, let's be very clear, for Rudy Giuliani, Powell, and the others, this, for them, boils down to money. They are getting paid to say and to think whatever Donald Trump wants them to because, quite frankly, they are patenting their pockets and their purses with money and to hell with America and the rest of the people. And so when you really begin to look at the dynamics going on here, it, it really does boil particularly down to a constitutional crisis, right? I'm concerned when it comes to January 21st and Trump decides that he's going to hold ground and not leave that White House. What then? I, I'm not,
4: here's the deal. I, I'm not at all concerned about that. Michael, that's no concern to me because it's here's it. the deal. Here's the deal. Um, this is the reality of the Constitution. Mm-hmm. See, this is where the Constitution comes in. As of tw- 1159, when that thing strikes 12 p.m. Eastern on January 20th, Joe Biden is president.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: Up until that point, Donald Trump can literally sit in the Oval Office until 11.59 a.m. Donald Trump will have all of the powers, all the powers. He can literally launch a missile strike at 11.50 a.m. Eastern on January 20th. Mm -hmm. But nine minutes later his ass gone. And if Donald Trump is still sitting in the Oval, I'm telling y'all, I'm not worried about that. The Secret Service is going to walk in and say, you're now the ex-president. You no longer sit in this office. They will pick him up and escort him to the beast, drive his ass to Andrews Air Force Base. If he wants to hold a MAGA rally at the Air Force Base, for 5, 10 hours, he can do whatever he want. Then they're going to put his ass on that plane, that blue and white plane, and they're going to say, where are we flying you to? Are we going to Ireland, mar lago New York? Are we going to hell? Where are we going? <laughs> they're going to drop his ass off. His Secret Service detail is going to follow him, and that plane is flying back to Andrews Air Force Base. So, Michael, I ain't worried about that. Right. The thing that I'm concerned with is they clearly want to sabotage Joe Biden and Kamala Harris by delaying the transition. That delays the vetting. That delays hiring staff. They want them scrambling like chickens with their heads cut off on January 20th. That he only loves chaos he does he is a sore loser i said this on abc in february 2017 to the republicans you have allowed evil into your home and now evil is consuming you because he is sitting in the oval he is going to consume america with his evil until he has walked out
8: absolutely and um you know one of the things that's also delayed is uh, President-elect Joe Biden getting the uh, presidential daily briefings also, that's delayed as well. That's held up by Emily uh, Murphy, uh, uh, the GSA, so that's delayed also. Okay.
4: And again, that's the law. The reality is, yep. yep. This is the, this is just it's frustrating the people. Until the election results are certified, she mm-hmm. doesn't have to do e- anything. What we are now learning is that. All of this stuff before Trump, it was custom. It was respect. It was patriotic. These fake patriots don't care.
8: Right. Well, it it was based, my understanding was based upon the apparent winner. Who who was the apparent winner of the presidential
4: election. Yeah. Yeah. First of all, that is... They respected the votes and the outcomes right. and things along those lines. As I am saying. those right. were the customs. Right. This is somebody who care does not care about customs, protocol, does not care about norms. No, this is a person who puts a stick of dynamite under anything he touches.
8: Right, well, it's only about him. And see, the other thing that this is, we're really slowing down, is the um, transitioning of taking over the fight for coronavirus, okay? And Donald Trump is doing more to fight a lawful election and the result of a lawful election than he is fighting coronavirus. So this is delaying because, as you said, there's funding that is that's supposed to go to the Biden team to help fund for staff and the transition and all this, all that's being held up. So Biden is trying to raise money to cover those costs also.
4: But again, so this, but Michael, yep, I think yep. what this is exposing, and mm-hmm. frankly, we've never thought we That's needed this. Right. What it is exposing is that you're going to have to actually pass a law mm-hmm. that literally mandates these things because of this dumbass.
8: But, but not only that, not just pass a law, because a law exists right right now, but it's not a law that has uh, criminal charges behind it, okay? So you have to have uh, criminal charges behind it where you could be prosecuted, you could be put in jail, put in jail et-, et cetera. You have to have a harder, uh, a, a more substantial law uh, behind what exists right now. But yeah, once again, and this is, um, you know, a, a lot of these... Uh, people claim to be patriots that voted for Donald Trump. Many of them have never read the U.S. Constitution. Don't understand how the electoral college works. Don't un- don't understand any of this. Some of them call them to my radio show. I'm serious. Some of them just dumb, stuck on stupid, dumb as hell. And you can listen to them and tell. And I asked a question last night on my show. What do you think it happened to President Barack Obama? Did this in 2012 when Mitt Romney? When he was running against Mitt Romney, and somehow the race was close, or somehow uh, he, you know President Obama didn't want to see the Mitt Romney beat him. What what do you think would happen if 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 President Obama reached out to uh, uh, the leaders of the state legislature in swing states or something like that, invited them to the White House, and was trying to pressure <clears throat> them to overturn the will
4: of the people? What what do you think would happen? But see, but so but, but, but mm-hmm. see, let me go back to the point about the Presidential Transition Transition Act, okay, yeah. passed in sixty three. Here's the thing, Dr. Carter, that the quote is this here. Congress said any disruption occasioned by the transfer of the executive power could produce results detrimental to the safety and well-being of the United States and its people. Now, when you read that, it talks about, it lays out six months before the election, the president must establish a White House transition coordinating council. Okay? Chair by senior executive. This is where the GSA comes in. The act requires a standing agency transition director's council, co-chaired by the GSA's federal transition coordinator, and the Office of Management and Budget's deputy director for management. Lays all those things out. But here's the problem. It says in here, the president-elect and the vice president-elect. The problem is, it doesn't say when you have to work with them. Exactly. See, that's why, where we are right now, that's where we are. The yeah. Trump, Trump, like man, until until the electors meet, yo, I ain't gotta do all this. The council's up. I don't have to lift a finger until then, and that's the pro, That's the loophole in the law because we've gotten used to people with respect and decency in the Oval Office, but these MAGA fools decided to vote for somebody who has no decency, who is trash. Well, I
7: mean, luckily, you know, things like concessions and all of that are not needed for this transition to take place. It really would just take Emily Murphy to sign the letter and she could, you know, and Joe Biden could do all of these things right now. But Emily Murphy is not doing that. In part, uh, she claims that this is, you know, this is a contested election, but it's contested by no one but Donald Trump with a lot of unfounded truths about voter fraud and Dominion uh, machines and all this other nonsense. Um, So I think what it is here is you have a a functionary who views herself as an employee of a president and not an employee of the people. And this is um, going to affect distribution of the vaccine. This is going to affect national security. I mean, all of these things are going to be really damaged in this transition. I mean, we saw what happened in 2000 in that transition um, with the, the Bush White House and people really think that moment of that contested election may have had something to do with um, some of the the holes in our national security um, and some of the briefings that were not tended to. And every day that this goes on, our country is endangered both domestically and internationally. And I think, you know, this is where you need something there just in case it's better to have it and not need it than to need it and not have it. And this is one of
4: those cases. Well, and I was and to that point, that I mean that literally was one of the things the 911 commission said. And yeah, that 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 delay impacted uh the actual uh national security apparatus which why it was passed. But what this fool is doing is unbelievable. Now here's the deal. While this is happening, mm. okay? While this is going on, um Mitch McConnell and the Senate they didn't give a damn about doing anything for the people impacted by COVID-19. Their focus was simply on confirming more federal judges. Right. 225. They pushed through five in the last week. Now, when you start looking at these judges, right wing, largely white men, between the ages of 35 and 45, because they want to control the federal bench for the next 30 to 50 years. These are very conservative judges. A number of them have been rated grossly unqualified by the American Bar Association. They have been chosen by the Fairless Society, the right-wing legal group who again uh, wants to control the federal bench. Well, you got some black folks in it. So, F. Lee Francis decided to email me on LinkedIn because... He felt that, no, this is, Trump is getting a bad rap when it comes to these judges. They are about the law. So he joins us right now. First of all, F. Lee Francis, uh, are, you, are you embarrassed by the behavior of Donald Trump uh, as, as it stands right now when it comes to how he is acting regarding the transition with Joe Biden actually beating him and how he is denying uh, the, the incoming administration information?
9: Well, well, first, Roland, thank you uh, for having me. But, but, but here's the deal. I, I think it's clear that we have a president, and and I think it's clear that there should be um, a, a smooth transition uh, of power. Uh, what I don't think is appropriate for our country uh, is that uh, the media, or and to a certain extent, the president, President Trump, play up this. Uh, fraud, you know, he's, he's well within his right. I'm sorry, you said the media.
4: To... Which media?
9: Well, th- th- there's no secret that the general media has been uh, very much opposed to Trump. Since no, 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 the no, no, no,
4: no, 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 no. Hold up, hold up. I quoted you. You said the media playing up this fraud. Which media?
9: Well, by virtue of, of discussing it. It's clear that the voters have decided. So the more the media engages in this discussion,
4: uh, the more they are giving it credibility. So hold on, I'm second. I'm sorry. Hold up. So who held a one-hour news conference yesterday? And of the three, of the three, of the six broadcast and cable networks, which one of them broadcast the whole hour? Which one?
9: I, I think. But my point is again. I think I'm agreeing with you. It here. was Fox.
4: It was Fox News. So the people who are actually playing this up is Fox News, OAN, Newsmax, and conservative media. That's what's actually playing it, except, up. It's actually been debunked it. by real journalists.
9: We forget that Fox News was the first one to call uh, places like Arizona. Uh, and, and they were know, right. They were right, but what do we have? We have people who are conservative saying, well, they shouldn't have done that. But, but the, the point is, we need to move past this. For our country to, to, to move on it's clear that the, the voters have, have decided if there are issues of fraud those will be investigated those will be will, will be found out uh, during uh, court hearings
4: but but it's clear who who the winner is actually they've had they've lost literally 30 times in federal court and each time they've gone into court they've presented no evidence of fraud they've been shot down every time in fact they just They then went to court and confused voters in Minnesota with voters in Michigan.
9: Well, again, I think we have to first figure out what what we're talking about when we say fraud. Uh, No, 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 we don't.
4: Rudy Giuliani and his crack legal team does.
9: Well, let's understand, you know, you have places like North Carolina. There are several counties in North Carolina uh, that counted ballots twice uh, that did not count uh, early vote ballot. So maybe that's not necessarily fraud, but what we do need to figure that's out That's not fraud. Is how to hold hold
4: this... hold hold. stop, stop. Do me a favor, do me a favor. If you're going to say we need to cite was fraud, then cite was fraud. Now when you say they counted ballots twice, was that discovered? That that was discovered. Was yeah. it a, what okay, did they explain, was it an accident? What happened
9: there? It, it, it I guess my point is regardless of if it's an accident we need to understand that there is a process that that takes place that needs to that this, this election needs to be secure. But who won North so Carolina?
4: Who won North Carolina?
9: Well, President Trump did. But so, so if there is, was, if was any voter fraud,
4: if there was any voter fraud in North Carolina, why is the Trump team suing North Carolina? Why are they only well, suing what black people are?
9: I think that's their prerogative. I can't get into the mind of their legal team. Trust me, I, I don't
4: think they have. they have much minds because that news conference yesterday really revealed that. But the real deal, though, is this here, and i got to ask you this here. Do you consider yourself a conservative or a Republican?
9: I consider myself to be a conservative. I I don't know that there's a, uh, that it's helpful to make a distinction between
4: the two. No, actually it is, Uh, because you could be a conservative Democrat and a conservative Republican. So are you a Republican or Democrat?
9: I am a Republican.
4: Are you embarrassed by the Republican Party, the entire Republican Party apparatus who refuses to call out Donald Trump? Mitt Romney released a statement. Ben Sass has made some comments. But literally, the Republican Party, they had the news conference yesterday at the Republican National Committee. Rona McDaniel, the chair, is going on and on with lockstep with Donald Trump. Is it embarrassing as a black Republican to watch... Republicans say nothing, not and criticize Donald Trump, as opposed to stand up to him and say, "Enough is enough. You lost."
9: I think your own point was a little uh, contradicted by what you said, where you start off by saying all Republicans. But I didn't say all, all Republicans, Romney. I said Republicans. I said most staff.
4: Republicans. I was very clear. Most Republicans. I, I specifically cited two. So, so out of fifty-two, my, my out of is, fifty-two in the Senate only two have come out aggressively saying, Trump, you're wrong. What's up with the again, other Again, I think
9: you're, you're wrong about that. If we look at what happened, listen to Susan Collins, uh, Marco Rubio, there, there <laughs> have been people uh, to come out about that. So again, maybe it's not 48 or 52, you know, but but there are people, and I think it's disingenuous so to, five, to assert five, that
4: there are not Republicans coming out. I, first of all, I uh, didn't say there are no Republicans. I'm asking you, for the most part, to, about, not to the tune about 90, 95%. Republicans are not not saying jack. They literally are letting this man drive this nation over a cliff because they're scared to get a tweet against them.
9: Listen, I, I think what the, the point of this is, is no, I'm not embarrassed uh, as a black Republican. I'm not embarrassed as a conservative because, again, I think there, there are reasonable people like Ben Sass. Uh, who who understand that his loyalty is to the people. Uh, and I think that the majority of the Republican Party understand that as well. And I think the voters understand that otherwise we would not have uh, picked up seats in the House uh, as we did or, or kept the seats that we were expected to lose in the Senate.
4: Are you embarrassed as a black Republican to see Donald Trump and his lawyers specifically targeting black people? They are only challenging results in two counties in Wisconsin, uh, that is Milwaukee and Dane, where 75% of all black people live. You have the Republican on the board of canvassers in Wayne County who literally said, let's certify the Wayne County results if we throw out Detroit. Rudy Giuliani actually said at a news conference, oh, Donald Trump, he won Michigan if we throw out Wayne County. Trump yelled and hollered and screamed, fraud, fraud, fraud in Philadelphia. They screamed, fraud, fraud, fraud in Atlanta. They are specifically talking about black people. Does that offend you? That your party, the Republican Party, has such disdain for black voters that they are specifically targeting them?
9: Yeah, so I, I think this is a, a narrative, again, that that's not necessarily helpful. No, 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 no. it's, a, co- no, 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 it's a question. It's a question. Because When we look at this, it's not the Republican Party. There may be members of the Republican Party, but we don't have majority uh, of the Republicans in this country saying, one, specifically, uh, black voters need to not have their votes counted. Let me ask you very specific. Okay,
4: Let me be very specific. The Trump campaign has filed for a partial recount of only two counties, Milwaukee and Dane County. What do those counties have in common with Detroit?
9: Well, you know, other than the fact that they're heavily democratic, they are some of the largest counties uh, in Wisconsin.
4: Hold on, hold stop. Did you li- did you leave out the black part? I mean, Milwaukee and Dane, seventy-five percent black. Detroit, eighty-three percent black. Th- did you leave out the black part?
9: Again, I, I don't I don't understand the point of this. Of okay, this, how uh, about
4: this here? Okay, so he's a perfect example. Show me a majority white. Democratic county, that the Republicans are trying to do a recount. Can you name one?
9: Well, from from my understanding, they're they're doing recounts in several places. They're investigating uh issues in Arizona. They're investigating what nope, happened nope, in nope, Georgia. No, nope. no, no, Lawsuit uh, dropped.
4: Lawsuit dropped in Arizona.
9: Well, again, that that doesn't mean there are there are many reasons why lawsuits get dropped. Let's be no, clear no. But there's that. no there's,
4: no, there's not, no pending lawsuit in Arizona.
9: Again, I think the point is we're not talking about targeting black people. Again, just because there is we're a majority... W- name me one Republican. If that's Trump, name me. Please give me a comment where President Trump or Rudy Giuliani has specifically said, I don't want black people's vote to be counted.
4: Okay, when they say, when the when the Republican on the board of canvassers in Wayne County says, let's certify all... Uh, all of votes in Wayne County, except Detroit, which happens to be 83% black. Are you saying that they're only saying that because they're Democrat votes, or because it's black voters?
9: Again, I go with what 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 people explicitly say. I mean, I think you can read into it one thing. No, 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 that no, no, that no. no. I, I, yeah, I can I, read into
4: it. In fact, I, uh, control room, please queue up Ned from Michigan. Here was a guy who in the public hearing, uh, F Lee, who actually said, how are y'all only talking about irregularities in Detroit, but y'all are saying nothing about irregularities that took place in a majority white town. You don't find that to be strange that it's only the black people, but it's not the white people.
9: Again, I think this is this is a narrative that it's further dividing when we separate blacks and whites, which is apparently what you're trying to do. This I'm not. Is a narrative I'm not. Rudy and Donald Trump is. Uh, again, but I, I said from the very beginning of this conversation that we have someone who is a clear winner. Um, I, I think that that should be the conversation. Then. So why? That's, so
4: why? OK, well, if that should be the conversation, then why, why won't you vote for Trump? I did, yeah. So why won't the guy you voted for, why can't he accept it? Why can't he be a grown man and stop? Donald Trump literally, did you see today? He literally went on television and said, I won. I won the race. That's what he said.
9: Again, I think there is a larger picture here that all Republicans are not Trump. We, we can't inquire into the mind of one. But he's your leader. Well, again, I, I think that there are there are several leaders. I mean, I think again, I think uh, when you look at ben There's one Fatt, president! look at Mitt Romney.
4: Mitt Romney isn't a leader. Is Mitt Romney in the Republican leadership in the Senate? No. Who is McConnell? Cornyn.
9: Again, Thune. you see both of those people starting to push back against President Trump. Who? Cornyn made statements uh, Who? earlier this week. Who? Which one? Um... John Cornyn from Texas.
4: Man, Lee, John Cornyn complained about Puerto Ricans voting in the presidential race when they don't even vote for president. Lee, I'm from Texas. He actually said it. Would you like for me to pull it up?
9: I think my point is, is that Trump, You again, you have a majority Senate, most likely, when these two, uh, when the incumbents win in
4: Georgia. This no, no, ind- they may, may not win in Georgia. I don't know about that, David. Well, guess Perdue what, y'all, y'all, y'all thought, y'all thought Trump Jonathan. was going to win Georgia. That didn't happen. Certified today, Republican Secretary of State certified Georgia for Biden.
9: Again, I think the larger point is when you have folks like Mark Robinson in North Carolina, the first Black Republican lieutenant governor, mind you, received more votes than both Tillis and Trump within. Uh, North Carolina. So, hey, again, hey, hey, we sir- had Lee, Lee,
4: Lee, that don't mean nothing. Roland Burris had the most votes ever in the state of Illinois when he ran for attorney general and lost when he was governor. Okay. No, but I think
9: the larger point here is something again, main mainstream media doesn't want to uh, discuss, and, and clearly not here, is that there is a trend moving away from
4: the Democratic. Where party. is it? Where? First of all, let me, first of all, let me correct you on a couple of things. One. It's not wise for you to say that we don't discuss it here when, in fact, we have discussed it. That's first. So you might want to you might want to pump your brakes on that one. But two, when you say there's a trend, a trend means multiple elections. Where's the trend? I think the trend is in the
9: data. For example, we look at uh, if we're looking at presidential races, Trump is getting. You know some, some are saying 14 to 16 percent in 2016 mm-hmm. and 2020, they're saying he's getting closer to 20 to 25 percent. Actually, uh, blocks. no,
4: actually, I've seen no data, I see no data that exceeds uh 20 percent. So the 25 percent, and again, even with that one, we're still looking at that to determine that. So, first of all, when you say the data, be real specific who?
9: Well, there are several uh Name out there. there's there's few. Em. There's Edison. There are several groups that have come out. In fact, uh, we see that Pew has done a study that this is this is evident. It's evident, one, where you have Joe Biden getting fewer. You know, sure, he got 90 percent of the black vote. But but again, Trump is able to shave off. And this has been indicative of the Hispanic vote from what was reliably Democrat.
4: No, actually, uh, actually, uh, actually, actually, when you break down the Hispanic vote, you have to break that specifically down what part of the country you're talking about. So, for instance, if you're talking about in Texas or on the Rio Grande Valley, that was the Tejano vote. When you talk about in Florida, specifically, that was Cuban and Venezuelan. He did. Joe Biden exceeded him when it came to Puerto Ricans. And so we talk about Arizona. It was Latinos in Arizona who whooped Trump's behind, which is why he also lost Arizona plus Native Americans. But here's the whole deal, though. You I mean, you could go through all this, like, oh, the trend or whatever. Here's the deal. He lost. He lost. Donald Trump I, lost. I've seen that from the beginning.
9: That That's not an argument. I mean, if we want to talk about judges, we can talk about judges. No, 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 we no, we're going no. to no. talk we, we, about, we
4: gonna about judges because that's also important because what you have is you have a clear a direct attempt by Republican Party where Mitch McConnell blocked 100 judges from Obama because he wanted to control the courts. They blocked Merrick Garland, making up BS rules, appoint 225 judges. You don't find it shameful as a black Republican that out of 225 judges, the Federalist Society can only find one brother? I mean, look, I know,
0: I've been knowing a lot of black Republicans.
4: I've been lying, I don't, how how many black federal judges have they appointed?
9: So, according to a Pew study... No, 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 I didn't say the study.
4: I'm talking about the actual judges who have been confirmed by the Senate. How many of the 225 judges that Donald Trump and Mitch McConnell and Republicans in the Senate have confirmed, how many of those 225 are black?
9: Again, as of yesterday, is 227 judges. Okay, of the 227, of them, how many of them are black? Eight of them uh have been black, and there have been
4: two and, this week. And how many on appeal? Hold up, two this week. So praise the Lord for this week because your numbers were looking bad. The issue, the question still here is this here. Well, but wait, no, 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 we, no we, hold, we, up, hold up, hold up, hold up. I'm going to ask you this here. Again, of those judges, when you look at the grossly unqualified, they confirmed this week. no, 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 no A white woman, eight years out of law school, ain't never been in the courtroom, rated unqualified by the American Bar Association, you defend Mazel?
9: Again, I think this is where you're destroying the facts because to say that gross uh, uh, number of his appointees have been uh, unqualified, that's just wrong.
4: Here's the deal, I'm asking you again. Do you think Catherine Mazel... Eight years out of law school. Do you actually believe somebody eight years out of law school has earned a lifetime appointment as a federal judge? Look, Bruh.
9: here's the deal. Here's the deal. I heard you talk about the ABA before. The ABA has had a history, there have been peer-reviewed studies about this, of them having bias towards Republican nominees. That has been documented. How many, uh, how,
4: how, many, how many judges does the ABA rank qualified that Trump appointed?
9: How many how many judges have they identified as of the 227
4: judges that Trump and McConnell appointed? How many of them, did the ABA rank, is qualified?
9: Well, eight of them have been deemed. Non-qualified. No, no, that's not what I asked you. So, I
4: asked you. So how, I, 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 no, no, I asked you eight. of the 227. How many of them have been deemed qualified of the 227? Well, so, well so over if eight, of them. so so let me so, so, so let me out. So if eight have been deemed. Unqualified. Correct. And 227 have been appointed. That means the ABA deemed 219 to be qualified? Again, you, let's so, look at, so let's are you look telling at the me, numbers. So are you telling me 219 out of 227 means bias? What I'm what I'm showing you is that the
9: ABA first deemed Justin Walker, who's now a judge on the DC Circuit, to be unqualified. A year later, he came back to be appointed to the DC
4: Circuit and was deemed well qualified. I'm asking you again, what? if if the AD if the ABA deemed 219 out of and 227 to be qualified, that's 96.4%. You tripping on 3.6? No. This this has
9: gone back well before Trump made any of his appointments. The documentation, this particular study that I'm referring to uh, by Susan Smeller uh, was done in 2012. So, you know, there's a long history of anti-Republican bias within the ABA. Now, the next point is the majority of the Senate have confirmed the overwhelming majority of Trump's judges. So these aren't 50 to 49 uh, nominees. These are 75. These are 65. These are 90 to zero in many instances. <laughs> so it's not it, it's not that there are uh, people that are against them. Uh, again, these appointees that you labeled as conservative or, or radical in some cases um, have gotten bipartisan support. Um, so I, I'm not sure what the issue is there.
4: Oh, well, the, the issue is this here. The issue is you have uh, Mitch McConnell, uh, who blocked a Democratic president, the first black president in US history, uh, 100 different judges by design. And he said on Sean Hannity's show, they want to, they, they specifically are looking for young judges, 35 to 45, because, and he has said it, they want to control the federal courts long after he is gone. Question, Dr. Dr. Neambi Carter for uh, F. Lee Francis. Well, I
7: mean, I think that you've hit many of these things, but I think the larger question is if if these parties are to do anything, they're to promote someone's vision of what they think the, the country should look like. And a majority of Americans have spoken and said, this is not the version of the country they would like. Yet you still have um, your co-partisans suggesting that that version, that Americans support, is illegitimate. So how then do you... Um, make a claim that the Republican Party is a party that actually cares about democracy when it looks like, at least at this moment, that many, not all, of the Republicans are stalwart against democratic process?
9: So I I guess I I wouldn't say that at all about the Republican Party. In fact, I'd say that they're of the two parties, the two main parties, are are more likely to uphold the Constitution. Uh, for example, appointing judges who, uh, will apply the law as written, as it was publicly understood, uh, as opposed to judges who would just rather make legislation from the bench. Let me ask you a question, hold on, stop, hold
4: on, right there. hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on, I'll let you finish that, but you said to apply the law as written and publicly understood. When? When it was written? That's correct. Well, if that's the case, F. Lee, me and your ass shouldn't sit here be talking. Because when the laws were written, The laws were not written with me or you in mind. The laws were not written for us to actually have a vote. The laws were not written for us to actually be full Americans. The laws were not written. The laws were not written for us to even own land. So when you say to to judge based upon when it was written, well, hell, we were not factored in any of that when it was written. So obviously the law changes as we grow. Do you deny of that? Of course it changes.
9: So of how course. can you say a, so how can you then say democratic appoint president. judges
4: to rule based upon when it was written? Again, I, I think
9: you're misinterpreting here. Actually, so I, I didn't. Change. I
4: heard you real clear.
9: Except the law changes due to a democratic process, whether that's through amendments or congressional uh Legislation. There's a difference between that, which is democratically uh, accomplished, as opposed to judges who, for example, and, and I've written a law review article about this, uh, that will read something into, for example, Title VII. That was not what the framers uh, in 1964 expected. Sex was not something that included gender identity or gender uh, orientation or, 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 or all of those things. It meant male and female. So an example of judicial activism legislating from the bench is instead of Congress passing a new law, which is what they have done before, is judges making the law from the bench. This is what this is what happened in the ACA case uh, with Sibelius and Obama So case. no so, no
4: Repub- so Republicans don't, Republicans are not activist judges, just them liberal judges, right? Well, if you look at judging, I mean this is this is again
9: where if we look at the law as written. This is the process. So, again, whether that's the Senate uh, appointing judges, approving judges, there's still a constitution. They don't, they don't go home because they lost elections in November. They still have work to do. And judges, again, are uh, required to apply the law, not make the law.
4: Quadrico, what's the question? Uh,
9: Actually,
4: look,
2: I, I, I'm a former Republican, right? Former being the operative word here. How do you reconcile uh, the fact that there are many, um, again, not all, but many within your party that, quite frankly, don't and will not acknowledge what you have that this election, uh, that 70, almost 80 million people actually voted for Joe Biden and that he has won the election?
9: Well, again, I think this is no different from how people felt in 2016 where it's a difficult thing to understand. Sure. You know, Rick Santorum said that uh, Trump needs and and maybe his voters need time to process this thing, uh, time to verify this election. I think it's clear um, that 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 Joe Biden is now the president elect. I can't speak for those people who uh, refuse to accept that or or just just refuse in some cases to accept the fact that the people have decided. Um, but you have a strong number of black uh, Republicans who are really pursuing this um, as a as a way of, of opening people up from uh, the democratic policies that have essentially pulled black people back down as opposed to allowing them opportunities with the Republican Party. <laughs>
4: uh, if, if I could have just one more question.
2: It's not only that they are not refusing to accept the results, but they're refusing to accept the results, and they're being violent, in some cases, in the process, right? And I think that's the troubling uh, perspective here, right? How ethically, then, do you center yourself in a party that not only refuses to accept the facts, but that causes violence to people, and particularly people of color?
9: Well, again, I, I would I would pose that same question to a Democrat who supports things like Black Lives Matter and Antifa who calls hundreds of millions of dollars in whoa, Minnesota... Whoa, 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 whoa whoa whoa, 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 hold on, stop. Oh, no, wait, 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 wait,
4: wait. What Democrat supports Antifa? Name one. Uh, I'm sorry? What Democrat supports Antifa? They, they support what is behind... No, 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 no. no. You said... Like Democrats who support Black Lives Matter and Antifa, name me a Democrat that supports Antifa.
9: Well, I think you're hard pressed to separate the two.
4: No, you're not actually, no, no, no. Hold on. I'm not hard pressed. Actually, rallies, I... No, I'm not hard pressed at the two. First of all, have have you actually talked to Antifa people and Black Lives Matter people? Have you actually been out in the streets and observed them? Have you? I have uh, I have read articles. About no, 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 no! I didn't ask you. Have you read articles? What I asked you was: Have you actually sat down and talked with Black Lives Matter activists and leaders and Antifa leaders, and have you been in the streets and actually observed them in action? Well, it's
9: hard to get in the streets when they're burning actually it's down not buildings. hard to get in the streets. Uh, Hell, you can see that actually, No, 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 Lee. It's not Washington, hard to get in the streets. In All you gotta do
4: is walk out your house. Now, maybe you're scared to go to a protest. I'm not. No, no, I I don't think so. But
9: I think again, if we're talking about violence and we're 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 saying that Republicans have a monopoly on violence, who said that? You've got. Hold on, wait, 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 wait. wait. Wait Hold on.
4: Who said that? Who said Republicans have a monopoly on violence? Who? Again, the point is. No, 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 no. You can't see Lee. You can't say stuff. And then when I ask you for for to back it up, then you go. The overarching point is the larger point is the bigger point is no. What I'm saying is don't say stuff if you can't back it up. I can look at look at what's happening
9: in Minnesota. Look at what happened. I lived in New York. Look at what happened in New York, where they're burning down buildings. You've got Molotov cocktails being thrown, but no one wants to talk about that. Virus. Actually, but somehow, actually, we actually we, we, have, talk talked about about
4: actually, we have talked about it. Actually, we have talked about it. So to act, to act as if, so again, when you say no one wants to talk about it, that in itself is a lie. We have literally talked about it on this show, other shows, MSNBC, CNN, Fox. It has been talked about. But what you but you said, you specifically said, Democrats who support Black Lives Matter and Antifa, and when I asked you for a simple fact, show me a Democrat who has come out in support of Antifa, and you can't. I
9: can oh. Look at the mayoral race uh, in Oregon. Look at what's happening in Washington. You have a mayor saying, I will implement these policies. You have people, uh, the mayor Implement what policies? of love. Hold up, implement what policies?
4: What Antifa is talking no, 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 about. No, no, black no, 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 no. See, you say, the mayor said, I will implement these policies. What policies? Then your answer is, well, what Antifa is talking about. Defunding the
9: police. Do you even know Uh, what that means? Do you even know what that means? So I I just wrote a paper that will be put in on this. What is it? Well, it's self explanatory. They want to take money away from the police. You have a group. No, 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 no. uh, hold on, hold on. And do what with it? Okay, so there are two things here. You've got a group who's saying defund the the police, and you've got another group who's saying abolish the police. Those are the
4: narratives that are that are (laughs) perpetrated. See, again, uh, again, this is what happens when you shift. I specifically asked you. You said the you said that the mayor, Mayor in Oregon embraces and supports Antifa. You got no facts. Then you said He's look all, at her comments. Then you said, I'll do your policies. I asked you what policies. Then you can't name them. See, see man, look. No, the, no, the, 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 the little Apoliting dance doesn't the work. Hold up. He's funding the police. Michael M. Hotel, what's your question uh, before I go to my next guest? Michael, what's your question, for Lee?
8: All right, first of all, uh, F. Lee Francis, thanks for coming on the show today and answering these questions, doing it extensively. You're one of the few uh, black Republicans that will do it this long and who has opposing views, because Candace Owens has been running for at least a year. Oh, hell, she's been
4: over. running for me for three years, but go ahead. For three years? <laughs> we know right, she's but, scared of this heat.
8: Oh, absolutely. This is an example of why this conversation right here. Um, so, one, uh, thanks for admitting that Joe Biden actually won the election because a lot of black Republicans are not admitting that, one. Two, when are black Republicans like yourself and some of the other ones, the leading ones that have been trying to convince us to vote for Donald Trump, w- when you're going to hold a press conference to denounce what Donald Trump is doing? Uh, Donald Trump just held a press conference today and lied and said he actually won the election. That's a blatant lie. Every, it, it, people who can count... No, that's a blatant lie. So when y'all gonna hold a press conference to denounce what he's doing and encourage Emily Murphy to sign off on President-elect Joe Biden so that the proper transition funding can go to the uh, uh, Biden, uh, uh, camp, Biden transition team?
9: Listen, I, I have no problem with with Republicans in general, and specifically black Republicans, calling and saying, we have a, a
4: winner. Uh, I, I have no problem... Uh, no, 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 that's not what he asked. What he asked that's is, when like, are y'all, a as a, when are y'all black Republicans, oh, as a collective, going, you're going to actually it. publicly call for that? Will y'all yeah. do it? Because have you, have you, can't. have you, Lee, have you communicated with other black Republicans saying we need to stand up as black Republicans and publicly call for Trump to stand down to stop attacking black voters? and for him to concede the election. Will y'all do it? That's what Michael asked you. Will y'all do it? And, and
8: stop disenfranchising, trying to disenfranchise the votes of African Americans. So he asked you a question. Will y'all do that?
9: Again, I think, for, first of all, the disenfranchising, that's a separate piece here, and I don't see that really happening. But as far as getting the president as, as a black Republican and getting other black Republicans uh, to come out uh, and, and say that Joe Biden... Uh, is the president-elect, is the declared winner. Absolutely. I have no problem doing that. So, when, so we all going to do again, it? you all going to do it?
8: I have a problem. I asked when. The, when are y'all going to do that?
9: None of them have done that yet. When, when are y'all Look, going again, to do that? There, there have been, uh, you know, I have spoken with people. I have called uh, people to say, listen, we need to stop this. There is a winner here. Uh, whether we like it or not, the reality is the people spoke. Uh, the people have and, and deserve to be heard. So, um, so okay, so, so that's good. That, that's good, Efthy
8: Francis. You had the conversation. My question to you is: When are you and the other Black conservatives, especially the ones who were telling us that we should vote for uh, uh, Donald Trump, like Jack Brewer, okay, doing commercials? Got it. When when are you and these other Black conservatives going to hold a press conference that's broadcasted to call on Trump? And the people around him to right. stop this nonsense.
9: Again, I think the president has his own prerogative. He has his his own agenda. Gotcha. But what I can say, and I will say to your audience now, we have a clear winner. Joe Biden is the president-elect. We don't have to
4: like it, but it is it is what it is. Okay. All right, Eflea Francis. Well, uh, we appreciate it. Uh, look forward to having you back for another conversation. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Got to go to break. We come back. We're going to talk Poor People's Campaign uh, and their focus on coronavirus. That's next on Roland Martin Unfiltered.
1: And because of us, we have strengthened the democracy. We're the real patriots. We have stood with our country. We have fought for our country. We've had people who have gone to war, who returned home with no housing, no jobs, but- Lived in uniforms. Absolutely, but they stayed and they fought and they protested, and the civil rights movement taught us how to protest, how to stick with it, and whether it's the civil rights movement or organized labor who protest today, often uh, they are rallying, they're marching, and they're fighting, and they're up against some of the biggest corporations in America about, you know, decent pay and decent benefits. It is because of protests that we have been able to make America better. We are the patriots who say we believe in this country and we believe that it can be about justice and equality for everybody. Senator in particular irks me, a Senator Kelly Loeffler, not elected, but appointed just a couple months ago. Records show Leffler and her husband,
6: whose company owns the US Stock Exchange, sold stock valued between $1.3 and $3.1 million.
1: Kelly Leffler bought and sold stock shortly after a classified briefing on the virus. They knew the market was going to tank, and they sold based on that inside information. Some of the holdings she shed were in energy, automotive,
0: retail, and airlines.
1: Look, it's not just what she sold, but it's actually what she bought. They bought things like Amazon, Citrix Systems, company that obviously was gonna do well during a shutdown,
0: while still reassuring citizens that the U.S. was prepared.
6: We have Americans across the country who have seen their 401ks plummet. Were you trading on inside information about what was coming?
1: Folks, this woman is knee-deep in the swamp and she just got there.
0: I'm John Ossoff, and the path to recovery is clear first we listen to medical experts to control this virus then we shore up our economy with stronger support for small businesses and tax relief for working families and it's time for a historic infrastructure plan to get people back to work and invest in our future we need leaders who bring us together to get this done and that's why i approve this message
4: the thing is to that point when you talk about we talk about entertainers, influencers. And what's crazy, I'm i and I hate the fact that I even said it because I'm tired of trying to
8: dance to give you information why well, I just can't give you information. But...
4: All right, folks, the poor people's campaign will be organized moral Monday caravans at state houses across the country beginning this Monday to mourn the than more than a quarter of a million Americans who have died from COVID 19 that will demand a smooth and open transition of power and draw attention to the moral policies needed immediately and in the first few days of the administration. Joining me now is uh is it uh Lamanique Hamilton?
3: Lamonique La monique. Yeah, La monique okay
4: Lamanique La Hamilton, Deputy Director of Communications for Repairs of the Reach. Uh so Lamonique, uh, so what is what is this gonna entail? First of all, how many state houses? What's the plan?
3: So we will be in 24 states. We will be going to 24 state capitals across the country, from California to the Carolinas. And we are making it very known that we are paying tribute to the more than 250,000, I think at last count, we are a little more than 254,000 folks who have died from COVID unnecessarily. And also that we are fighting like hell to make sure that the the Trump administration is taking their time to actually do something before it leaves office to take care of these folks and also to ensure a smooth and peaceful transition.
4: And on that particular point, they're already projecting by the spring we'll be at half a million deaths.
3: Unfortunately, so if if we don't do anything about it, if we continue to do exactly what we've been doing, which is a whole bunch of nothing,
4: with um, these with these obviously these uh, these caravans is not just about uh, COVID as well. It's also an organizing tool for the poor people's campaign.
3: Absolutely, absolutely, it is. It is to make sure that people know that we are we are calling on the on the Trump administration to still provide. Provide relief for people. Um, if you can use your resources in this needless manner to to put out these these baseless um, lawsuits, you can use your time, your energy, and your resources to make sure that people have food, that they have shelter, and that they have adequate health care.
4: One of the things that uh, also jumps out at us when it comes to um, you know you know where we stand is uh, you know this administration and. Uh, again, Trump wants all this credit for the, for the, for the vaccine, uh, but I've talked to numerous doctors who say we still aren't even testing officially in this country.
3: Exactly. We, we aren't, we aren't. And, and this vaccine, yes, it, it has, it has moved at, at a, at a very fast speed and we can all acknowledge that, but it has not gotten into anyone's arms yet. Um, so I don't understand how we, how someone take credit for a vaccine that has not gone into anyone's arm.
4: <laughs> One of the things, uh, I'll ask the last question here, and that is, um, you see what the Trump campaign is doing when it comes to the, comes to this transition. How are y'all prepared uh, to continue the pressure? So is this gonna be every Monday between now and the inauguration, or just this Monday?
3: Um, for right now, it is just this Monday for the caravans, but we are continuing to work. We are continuing to work with our folks down in Georgia on these January fifth um, runoff campaigns. We are continuing to work um, behind the scenes in in every way possible. We are also asking people to take time to mourn the dead. There is there's a lot of power in just taking a little time to mourn the dead to to pay tribute to people who have laid down their lives. Um, And so that that is what this is. It it is really taking um, what Mother Jones said to heart, to mourn the dead and then to fight like hell for the living because they deserve it. Because on on top of the 254,000 people who have succumbed to COVID, there have been 8 million more people who have fallen into poverty since the beginning of the pandemic. and I know Reverend Barker is up here all the time, and he says even before the pandemic, we had 140 million people who were poor and low income.
4: All right, La Monique. we certainly appreciate it. Thanks a lot, y'all. Keep the pressure up, and we'll certainly keep covering this.
3: Thank you. Thank you so much.
4: All right, thank you very much, folks. As she said, there are 11.8 million cases of COVID-19 in the United States. More than a quarter of a million people, as we said, have died as a result. Texas and California both have over one million COVID cases. Florida, Illinois, and New York are also among the states. With the highest infection rate. Again, today the drug company Mac, Pfizer formally asked the United States regulators to allow emergency use of his COVID-19 vaccine. Their ongoing study says that the vaccine appears to be 95% effective at preventing mild to severe cases. While that's encouraging, the CDC is still recommending that we avoid travel for Thanksgiving and joining together in large groups. And so, but here's the deal for y'all. Folks still tested positive. Florida, Florida Senator Rick Scott, announced that he tested positive for coronavirus guess what? Andrew Giuliani, the son of, yeah, Rudy Giuliani, he's tested positive. And in the last uh, hour or so, Donald Trump Jr. is tested positive. Lord, I'm telling you, uh, uh, Niambi, the White House is the, the biggest damn super spreader in the country. It seems like at ground zero.
7: I mean, you got to remember the over 100 Secret Service agents who've been tested positive for COVID-19, not to mention the president and the first lady who've also tested positive for COVID-19. But this is what happens when you act in denial. The virus believes in you, whether you believe in that virus or not. And so these people are reaping um, whats what they've sown, which is misinformation. Uh, they've politicized mask wearing, one of the most effective tools we have at combating this virus, and thumb their nose essentially at all the information we have from public health officials in this country and internationally. Um, and this is why we now are on on track to see more and more Americans dying. I mean, and not to mention the long-term COVID injured. So folks who have survived COVID-19, but may have um, residual effects that we're not even sure about yet, and what their long-term prospects look like once they have uh, been cleared of the virus, but may have uh, longer-term health consequences as a result of contracting COVID-19. Uh,
4: the thing that I find also to be uh, uh, hilarious here, um, uh, Michael, is that is uh, again when you, when you look at all these folks testing positive uh, now yeah. because hell Rudy, because Rudy uh, was <laughs> was around his son and his sons around the whole legal team. None of them could be at that meeting today at the White House with the Michigan lawmakers who, by the way, came out of the meeting and now, uh, yeah, we're going to do the will of the people uh, and we're not going to seat no Trump electors. Uh, so the meeting right. was a complete waste. Uh, but, it sh- but it shows you these people are so stupid. They're just spreading around on each other. Uh, and I'm like, y'all just going to kill each other off.
8: Well, you know, Roland, I said this on your show uh, a couple weeks ago, brother. This is the chickens coming home to roost. You reap what you sow. This is karma coming back on them. And uh, be quite honest with you, I have no sympathy for them. One, two, um, Joe Biden and uh, the MVP, Madam Vice President Elect, Kamala Harris. They're going to have to sanitize the White House. It's 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 some it's 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 some nastiness up in there. They're going to have to sanitize the White House before they go in, before they go in there. This this is. Um, a super spreader and, uh, I saw the, um, the the representatives from the state of michigan's uh senate ma- uh, senate uh majority leader and uh house representative leader when they were at the airport they had on masks now when they came out of the white house did they have on masks, i wonder if they kept on masks when they
4: were with trump man they stupid, tell you something they, these people are so stupid uh ain't no I, look i'm telling you right now quadricos Cu- <laughs> Cu- ain't nowhere in hell uh if i go around that fool let me tell you something i am tell y'all right now uh pastor daryl scott uh, yep. I talked to him, uh, Quadricos, and he said, Yeah, my wife was telling me the same thing. Uh, you know, but lead us to stay at the White House. I said, Man, You better keep your ass at home. I said, You saw what happened to Bishop Harry Jackson, he got COVID, that- died, and Trump still ain't acknowledged his death.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, did he acknowledge the death of Herman Kane as well? Um, right. look. There is blood on their hands. no way around that. This administration has a lot of deaths responsible for it. And at some point if they're, if we believe in an the afterlife, they perhaps have to um, answer for that. But these people don't care about coronavirus. And, and that's clear. They don't know what it means to be in right and in moral community, which is why they politicize masks. And so we're going to continue to see this sort of behavior. And I think it's incumbent upon us and, and the, really the Biden administration. I mean, he has a lot of work to do, right? He has to heal this nation and he has to, of course, get this virus under control. But when you when you really begin to think about the, the number of the 200 plus thousand deaths that's on this administration's hands and the fact that there are people in our country
4: who do not care about that. It's appalling, and then quite frankly, it's sad. All right, folks, got to go to a commercial break. When we come back. Our education matters segment with the great Dr. Jeffrey Kanda. We're talking education and COVID and its impact on our kids. That's next on Roland Martin Unfiltered.
5: public employees had make getting through this pandemic possible. So one, thank you for your service. Thank you. You're asking me family, this is our moment. This is our moment to show
0: what the green mean machine is made of. For the next week and a half, we've got to show our power and make our voices heard every single
1: day. We will mobilize, we will organize, and we will win. Oh, ask me. (laughs) Oh, ask
6: me.
4: All right, folks, our weekly Education Matters segment sponsored by uh, School Choice is the Black Choice. It, it, COVID has so, just impacted everything in our society. No place where it has been even crazier has been in education. Um, my brother's a teacher. My, two of my sisters are teachers. Uh, I, I sit here in our family group chat, and I see their comments about, you know, cl- some parents uh, at my, my sister's school. They, act- they actually created outdoor classrooms. Uh, Now you got school districts determining whether we go to some kids in school, some kids online, let's go all online. You look at where New York is. I mean, it's sort of just all over the place. Parents are fed up. But the other issue, and it's just real, schools are also caught in a bind because you have some people like Trump and Rand Paul and others who say, no, kids gotta be in school. I think others who are saying, but wait a minute, what all of a sudden if they are so spreading Coronavirus. Well, my next guest is a longtime educator. Uh, he is president of the Harlem Children's Zone. And of course, uh, also being highly recommended for the position of secretary of education in a Biden administration. Yes, I'm gonna ask him about that. But we welcome Dr. Jeffrey can to Roland Martin Unfiltered.
5: Doc, how you doing? Hey, Roland, it's been a while, my man. Haven't seen you in a while. In these crazy times, look, all I can say, honestly, my family's good. I'm in good health. The rest of the world, I'm real worried.
4: Let's talk about in terms of where we are when it comes to these kids and education, man. It, it is it is so difficult because, again, I've got family who are teachers. I've also had my wife and I raising two of my nieces. They're 16 years old. Uh, and so they're going to school online. I walked into their room today and I'm sitting there like, okay, y'all laying in bed in school. Uh, we got a classroom set up at the house as well. Uh, I got another niece who's a sophomore at Howard University. Uh, she came here thinking they were going to be, you know, having labs at least once a week. They've been all online. So she's going to school online. And then we have to worry about the folks who don't have good Wi-Fi, who don't have computers, who don't have pads, who don't have those resources. I mean, this is absolutely exposing them vast inequities in our educational system.
5: I mean, uh, you couldn't be more correct. You know, in New York City alone, they said there's 60,000 children who can't get online because either they don't have devices or they don't have internet connection. Uh, But even if you can get online, the quality of the instruction children are getting is absolutely horrible. Uh, And it was horrible in the spring. And I was yelling and screaming and saying, look, we got to take this thing seriously because we're going to shut back down in the fall. We didn't take it seriously. It doesn't make any sense. How are parents gonna go to work if your child is in school two days and home three days? Uh, This thing is a real disaster. And you know, i I started calling Roland uh, that when this vaccine comes out, that we put teachers right after the healthcare workers and we vaccinate the teachers and we get them back into the schools. Uh, We have to worry about the most vulnerable children uh, who, if they get COVID, will really get very sick uh, and worry about our high school kids. But we gotta, we gotta get these kids back connected. They are suffering. They are not getting an education. And we're sowing the seeds to the next generation's inequality right in front of our eyes.
4: And, and so when we talk about where we are, first of all, what you just laid out, one of the problems is that uh, the Trump folks, let's be perfectly honest, uh, they kept downplaying it. And I think a lot of these people kept thinking, oh, yeah, it was August, August, August. I kept telling folk in April, I said, I'm going to tell y'all something right now. Y'all can hang up August. And, and 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 I was saying then, yo, y'all can forget the spring of 2021. I said, guys, at the absolute earliest, we're back in the classroom in fall 2021. And But you're absolutely right. They kept giving folks false hope. And then by giving false hope, they weren't preparing for the long term.
5: Well, you're right about this. You could not handle this situation worse, in my opinion. First of all, we know the the lack of federal leadership. Uh, Donald Trump, uh, his the vice president, uh, what they have done has cost at least a hundred thousand lives, at least. Uh, and uh, you know, we know that uh, things could have happened to protect folks. Uh, it wasn't done. Uh, They just simply said, let's send these folks out there. It's going to be fine. And here's the rub, Mark. We know, Roland, who kids are going to get hurt, whose parents are going to get hurt, uh, who lost their jobs, who didn't get the PPP when they were giving out the money. It's all in our community. Uh, And uh, I think that we, as a collective, have got to go in and say to this new administration Not only do we have to start schools, but we need to do some major investing in these communities Mm -hmm. because we've exposed what 50, 75, 100 years of disinvestment in Black communities has produced. It has produced a set of circumstances where we are the ones Mm -hmm. who are getting sick, who are losing our jobs, who aren't able uh, to uh, gather the wealth from buying homes and other stuff because of redlining the history. And it's time for us to really Uh, try and make sure we begin to mediate those kinds of issues and remedy these situations. Education is part of this. It's a critical part, uh, but we need a much more comprehensive view of education in this country these
4: days. Quadricos, you're a professor at George Washington University. AV universities have been dealing with this as well, so your question for Jeffrey Cannon.
2: Dr. Kennedy, thank you for joining us. I've long been an admirer. What would you say is a viable solution, particularly for those families who cannot afford to, um, particularly those caretakers, those moms, those dads, those single parents who cannot afford necessarily to allow their child to stay back home while they have to work? But we know, unfortunately, that the child isn't learning. What do you think is a viable solution? Because there are many in the DC area, particularly in Southeast, that, that is a grave concern, right? We see a lot of unlearning going on. And we know, of course, that for our children particularly, will be left behind further. So what necessarily steps, be it policy or anecdotal, need to be take place to sort of rectify and address that? Uh,
5: I mean, this is, this is a great question because I, I wish this was just DC. You name any of our urban centers, you name the rural places, If you don't have real uh, money, your child is not getting an education in America today, and it's traumatizing a whole generation of kids. So I think the answer is we've got to get these schools open. Uh, We need to get these teachers vaccinated. Look, they said they can start vaccinating people in December. Let's get every teacher, 3.7 million teachers, maybe another million support staff, Let's, they said they've got 20 million doses of the vaccine. Let's get our teachers vaccinated and open up our schools. We know the infection rate among children is lower. It's more the adults who are getting infected. If kids do, it's not quite as serious, but we have to protect the most vulnerable kids and their families. Uh, but we got to deal with this thing. What's going on right now is a total disaster for our community. Our kids are not learning. Uh, this hybrid thing is you go to school sometimes you don't uh any of us who have technology you know half the time the technology doesn't work you can't miss three or four days of school a week because your device is not uh, connecting to the internet and think you're getting an education uh we got to solve this but but my, my my answer is not just to open up the school uh our kids are going to be so far behind we have to think about how we surround them with the kind of supports our children are gonna need. Look, they are suffering trauma right now. They're gonna have mental health issues. Just imagine uh, that you're worried about killing your grandfather. You can't be with your friends because you know there's something out there that's killing people. You listen to the ambulances. This is trauma for kids. And this trauma is not gonna go away in a week or a month or a year. Uh, So we're gonna have to surround these kids with a comprehensive set of supports. And I'm calling uh, on the Biden administration, for massive investment in these communities to help support the education going on, uh, because simply schools and having teachers go in and principals is not going to make up uh, for what's happened. These kids have already lost a year of education, in some cases, too. Niambi Yeah, so you actually hit on something that I was going to ask Dr. Canada,
7: which is how do we help these students who have lost so much uh, so quickly um, and what do you think the long-term consequences? How do we get to the catch-up phase? Will they ever be able to catch up? And then what kinds of um, accommodations do we need to make for that? And then I was going to ask you to address these other kinds of collateral damage that are happening to these children outside of learning, their social skills and their social development and other kinds of things.
6: Yeah.
5: So, look, the, the, we know about uh, ACEs, adverse childhood experiences. We know that when kids grow up in households... Uh, where there's uh, domestic violence, substance abuse, poor mental health, uh, loss of an apartment, we know the impact of the stress on that impacts these kids into their 20s and 30s. Uh, If you want to understand a lot of the health disparities that happens in our community, it is because of the constant stress from not just from family stuff, but from racism, from Worrying about the police from the fear of of losing your your home or your apartment, uh, this has a long-term impact. We have never in our community had a whole generation of kids subjected to seven months of toxic stress, uh, unrelenting. uh, And uh, we're going to have to really provide a, a different way of thinking about school. We've got to bring in mental health supports. We've got to train folks how to talk to kids. we got to look out for the signs of depression, the signs of suicide, the signs of kids disassociating, don't want to go back to school because they're, they're traumatized and they're scared. Uh, we've got to actively look for the children and not wait for them to start uh, acting out in ways that are self-destructive. Uh, so I think we've got to rethink education. That-that's my thought. It has to be school, but we have to get the mental health supports in here. Now, there's a whole bunch of other things that's going on. Uh, school is the place that we learn how to interact. We learn how to get along. Uh, we've broken a lot of the social bonds that kids develop. Uh, and, uh, I think that, uh, we have to intentionally think about how we rebuild that sense of community among children. Remember, they have been taught to stay away from one another. You no, know, You know, you know, our community, everybody wants to give a pound, a hug, what's up, what's up. All of that is off right now because it's been taught to be dangerous. Uh, and we're going to have to re-teach our kids how to socially engage in appropriate ways. While this is going on in lots of our communities, the violence is going up the murder rates are going up, uh, that our kids are being traumatized from another end. So we got to focus on getting our communities safe and keeping these communities safe so kids don't grow up thinking, you know what, it's every person got to fend for themselves out here because no one's there to protect us. So I think we have to think about this thing much more comprehensively. After school, evenings, weekends, summertime, we need to stay with our kids during all of those times so we can begin to rebuild these uh, supports they need and the skills they need so we can help them catch up. And it's gonna take us about three years to catch the kids up from where they are right now. If we do this comprehensive thing, it's still gonna take about three years to get our kids caught back up from having lost uh, this year to two years of education. Michael.
8: Um, first of all, brother, thanks for the, the work that you do. I've been watching you for years. Um, m- my question is, Dylan is regarding parents who are working from home, and their children are going to school at the kitchen table. Do you have any tips for parents who are trying to juggle this and keep the children engaged in school? I have a I have a friend who has a, a well, eight. he turned eight today, eight-year-old and a 12-year-old, and it's hard trying to keep them engaged, and, and the parent is trying to do their work for their job and then monitor the children in between uh, classes and keep them on schedule and keep them engaged, keep them interested? Any tips for
5: parents how to navigate this? It's, it's a great question because, you know, parents are suddenly thrust into this role of being like yeah. a teacher and none of them have been trained. So here's the first thing I would say. Exactly. You have to set up a space, right? A defined area and uh, you have to set it up in a way that you you limit the kid's ability to be distracted. So the worst place to put the kid is like in the middle of a round table where they can see everything going on around them. Uh, You want to get them in an area where their focus can be guided in a way. And you want to get them their own uh, stuff, a little chair to sit on, something to act like a desk, uh, their own pencils and pens set up uh, in a place that they always can find them. Uh, And then, uh, as a parent, you need to let your child know uh, you know what, I'm going to check back in with you uh, in one hour, and I want you focused. So, and then you need to check back in so that that child c- constantly feels there's some support and adult uh, guidance and attention uh, focused on them. Uh, so those are some of the things I think we, we need to do. If your child is really struggling with focusing uh, and paying attention, uh, I would say that uh, what you need to do is uh, start them off in small pieces. So, if you know after 45 minutes, this kid is drifting off there, they're not, well, set a timer and then intervene and get that kid off that screen for five or six minutes. You can look at it and keep an eye on what's going on. And then let them move around and get some, because it's unnatural for kids to sit still constantly. How many times have kids raised their hands? I want to go to the bathroom. They don't really have to go to the bathroom, they just need to get up and do something. Uh, That's different when you're in your home (laughs) and someone is constantly looking at you. So I think we have to plan breaks for kids and then occasionally just do something fun. Uh, Just, you know, do some jumping jacks, uh, play 10 minutes worth of a card game, do something that breaks up that learning day, gets their brain off of it. We know you can't focus, uh, even adults, for more than half an hour, 45 minutes at a time. Having a kid sit for hours staring at a screen, uh, that's not uh, learning. It's not healthy. Uh, It's not the way that kids should learn. So The parents have to break it up, and if you can time it, so that you can work it around your work schedule so it's not right in the middle of a meeting, uh, but your kid knows that you're going to come and you're going to do something fun if they just hang in there, I think that's going to help a bit.
4: Um, Jeffrey, I asked a question here. Of course, um, we talked about what's next uh, in terms of this Biden administration, uh, the group of African Americans who are advocating for a Black Secretary of Education. Um, the question is, uh, and your name is one of the ones they mentioned out there, um, would you want to do that?
5: So, you know, you know, Roland, first of all, uh, I know this group of educators. These are very serious uh, black men and women who care about our kids, are out there fighting for them every day. Uh, one of the big issues we care about uh, is we want great schools. We don't care if they're traditional public schools, if they're charter schools, if they're parochial schools. We want great schools for our kids because we don't have the time to wait for them to fix this thing. Uh, if you have a kid in the third grade You can't say, well, a couple of years from now, I think maybe your school will be okay. So until then, we're just going to sort of uh, have to do with this. That doesn't make any sense. So there are a group of us who are saying, let's just make sure we're giving our community every opportunity possible. Because if you have money, you have options. You can send your kid to a private school. You can send your kid to a parochial school. You can pay for that. If you don't have money, you are really stuck. And if you're stuck in one of those places where you don't have high-quality education, uh, you have no choice for your child, and we know what some of that looks like. So I want to be in that discussion. I want to be in that debate. Uh, But just for me, I've started a new job uh, rolling. uh, It's called the William Julius Wilson Institute. William Julius Wilson, a really famous African-American sociologist, started his career in Chicago, then went to to Harvard. He's written about this issue of poverty. uh, And his two books that I really highly recommend uh, is The Truly Disadvantaged and When Work Disappears*. Those books changed my way of thinking about poverty, because what Bill Wilson was saying is, look, we keep focusing on the symptoms. But what happens when people don't have work and they don't have jobs and they can't pay uh, for to take care of their families, you get all these other social ills. You get the alcoholism, you get the substance abuse, you get the domestic violence, you get the child abuse, you get the criminal justice involvement. And it doesn't matter if you're Black in Chicago or if you're in rural Appalachia. When those jobs leave, these same problems come so we believe that the answer for our our community is to get our folks prepared with high skills to get good, decent jobs. And I just came out of retirement to start this new institute, uh, and I'm going to be trying to go out and save an additional million kids uh, in this country over the course of the next five years. So that's my main focus right now. Uh, but I support... Uh, the group of African-Americans who were saying, uh, we need to have our community needs to be reckoned with. Look, I'm going to say something, Roland. I don't know. Maybe people think this is controversial. Maybe they don't. There's one reason that President-elect Biden is going to be in the White House on January 20th. And it's because African-Americans went out with COVID and everything else, and they voted that man in. Uh, and when he got the help in South Carolina that turned his Whole camp primary campaign around uh, that was African Americans. So I think our community have some uh, bills uh, that are coming due uh, from this administration, uh, and education ought to be one of those places that we get special attention.
4: Oh, well, let me be real clear. Uh, we got there are a number of things that are due, trust me. Uh, and I'm gonna sit there in the words of that great uh, financial planner, uh, Frank Lucas. I'm going to get that money. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Jeff McCann, always a pleasure, man. I appreciate it. Uh, we'll have you back soon.
5: All right, Roland. Well, appreciate it, brother. Keep it up.
4: All right. Thanks, thank you. everybody. Thank you very much. All right, folks. just some other... The breaking news, 17-year-old Kyle Rittenhouse, a teenage gunman uh, charged with killing two uh, protesters in Kenosha, Wisconsin this summer, was released from jail this afternoon after posting a $2 million bond. He faces a series of felony charges including intentional homicide and reckless endangerment in the shooting of three men during a protest in August. Two of the victims, Joseph Rosenbaum and Anthony Hubert, died that same night. The protests were the result of the police shooting of Jacob Blake. An unarmed black man was shot in the back seven times. Just days earlier, Rittenhouse claims he fired his assault-style ri- rifle in self-defense, but he also admitted that he actually purchased that gun with his stimulus check. Hmm, interesting. Mm. Let's go to the case of, of Kawan Bobby Charles, a 15-year-old who was found dead in a sugarcane field earlier this month in Louisiana. He will be laid to rest this Saturday. Selena Charles, the family spokesperson, said, We are hurting right now and will continue to hurt, but Saturday we will come together and finally be able to to mourn. The 15-year-old was found dead after going missing from his family home. He was last seen with 37-year-old Janet Irvin, her 17-year-old son, October 30th. Of course, he was reported missing that night. However, uh, uh, the cops did not send out an Amber Alert report uh, saying he probably was at a football game. Of course, his body was found on November 3rd and so still no one is under arrest uh, in that particular case and so we continue uh, to cover that as well. Also folks uh, the officer who fatally shot 18 year old Dion K in Washington D.C. on September 2nd of this year will not face criminal civil rights charges. Kay's death sparked nationwide protests and calls for charges against the officer involved however the D.C. U.S. Attorney's Office was unable to, to disprove a claim of self-defense or defense of others by the officer. On September 2nd, officers were investigating reports of a man with a gun. The officers say they saw people in and around a car. Now, as the officers approached them, the people took off running. That's when officers say Kay brandished a firearm, leading an officer to open fire. Body cam footage was released two days after the shooting. Here's exactly what took place.
9: Fire. Chats
6: fire. Where is it?
9: Where is it?
8: I don't know. I'm looking for the gun. He's up there. I did.
4: Officer involved won't face criminal civil rights charters. The MPD is now investigating whether the officer's use of force was excessive or within the department's policy. All right, folks. Also remember the story, AJ Crooms, the, the brother who was a shot and killed along with his friend, uh, sincere Pierce uh, there in Florida. Well, the family of sincere, uh, they actually, uh, are, are trying to raise money, uh, and literally selling dinners for his funeral. We told you what happened was where a crew was picked Sincere up. Four minutes later, a cop in Brevard County they pulled him over, uh, saying that they were they were investigating a stolen car. In fact, they were the, the car was not stolen. Fired shots into the car, killing both of them. This is video uh, sent to us by uh, by uh, Natalie Jackson, the attorney uh, for the family of uh, the family. Literally selling dinners to pay for Sincere's funeral. I think it's all
1: French fries. We're selling hush puppies, corn fritters. We're selling rib sandwiches with um, sides, sodas,
7: cakes, whatever. Just come out and support for SPUD. Please, please, please. And
1: AJ, thank you.
6: children, I tell you,
4: Uh, I've already reached out to Natalie Jackson to find out if there's a GoFundMe or some other kind of funds set up to help defray the funeral cost. Again, this is a photo of A.J. Crooms and C- Sincere Pierce, uh, the two brothers shot and killed by that police officer uh, in uh, in Florida there. All right, folks, you know what time it is. No charcoal
3: grills are alive. I'm white. Yeah, I got you, Carl. Yeah, if, um, illegally selling water with our
1: on my property. My property. Whoa.
0: Hey. You I'm
4: uncomfortable. Folks don't want to wear a mask. This can went shopping and refused to wear one. Let's just say didn't go so well for her.
1: Shirt, no shoes, stand up. stand up. No mask, no service.
3: should be able to shop without a mask on. Haven't you heard the about the virus? Your masks don't work. This has been going on for almost a year now. If they work so well, why are people still getting sick? I wonder, stupid. Can you answer that question? Did yes. That yeah, question? I can, because they don't wear their masks. They don't wear their masks. <laughs> oh really? Is that what it is? Because one person one person won't wear a mask. Goodbye. That's why the the virus
1: goodbye. is going on after a year. you're a dumbass. You're <laughs> Hey,
4: Hey, Naomi, I ain't got no problem with that. You bring your ass in here with no mask, you're walking out in cuffs.
7: It should happen more often, quite frankly, Roland. I don't know what people need to believe that this virus is real, that yes, your one self without a mask can make other people sick. I mean, these people are dangerous. Quite frankly, and so she should have been arrested. She should have been arrested when she hit the door.
4: And I'm all for uh, patron shaming Quadricos.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're you're right, Marla, uh, Roland. It, it, it's it's qu- quite sad, quite ridiculous. Um, I probably would have stopped her at the door. I would have called the police myself. Uh, and these people conveniently forget, right? They want to exercise constitutional powers They have a constitutional right to do it. Well, not when you are in a private company's store, right? And there are many companies across this country that have instituted policies internally that you can't walk into their stores without a mask on. So not only are you not, again, in right and moral community, but you are officially violating that company's policy by not wearing a mask. I don't know who allowed her in, but I would have
4: stopped her at the door. Michael, I'm telling you, these people—and I love this. are you telling me it's been a year? People are getting this because people are not wearing masks? Yeah, dumbass. Yeah.
8: <laughs> exactly. Not not only are they getting it, the infection rate is spreading, and the number of cases per day nationwide are increasing. Which which uh, uh, state
4: was that in? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, well, I, uh, Ashley, what was that in? Where's it from?
8: Which state or city?
4: Not I sure. Curious. I know it was a okay. Costco, but not sure what okay. what, what city. Y'all don't have so, a city? So, yeah.
8: So just so just just somebody don't get that, cussed out. Just the fact that the infection rate is spreading so quickly, and y- 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 you've gone from uh, the first uh, one million cases of coronavirus in this country took a hundred days. The last one million cases, it took six days. Okay, and and it's because of idiots like this, and uh, they're they're getting sick and spreading it to other people. So, um, yeah, they sh- they should take her away. They, and and they they should actually they should make a public service announcement commercial about uh, uh, hey. using you or tell the truth. That's all I'm saying.
4: That's all <laughs> I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. All right, y'all. That's it for us. Hey, if y'all! Want to support what we do here, at Martin Unfiltered? Please join our Breanna Funk Fan Club. Our goal is to get, by the end of the year, get twenty thousand of our fans. We're five thousand away—just five thousand. All you got to do is uh, support us via Cash App, dollar sign RM Unfiltered, PayPal.me forward slash R. Martin Unfiltered, uh, Venmo.com is forward slash RM Unfiltered. You can send a money order to New Vision Media, N. U. Vision Media Inc. 1625 k street northwest uh sweet 400 washington dc 2006 if you're right there on youtube more than seven of y'all were with us today y'all can sit here and join right there on youtube and we also have our memberships on facebook as well and so uh you're on our facebook page if you're watching the show right now now look y'all for the freeload now support what we do uh because we're out here y'all go ahead and roll the Charlie member club uh you know we're out here trying to make it happen uh, supporting uh, what we do with the show uh, and trying of course, uh, build up uh, our followers and allow us to really do some great, exciting things. Uh, that's what we're doing right now. So please support us. Quadrico, uh, Nyambe, and Michael, I thank you so very much. Y'all have an absolute great weekend. Folks, Thanks, I will see you on Monday. Huh.